Hello, and welcome to the Resonance Test. I'm your host, Kenji Ross from EPAM Continuum. About a decade ago, I read a novel called Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. It imagined a dystopian future where humans could leave the ugly real world behind and enter a polished virtual universe. It was a fun read, but, you know, a bit like junk food, unbalanced by an overwhelming 80s pop culture focus and a feeling I'd been there before. One bit of sci-fi technology stuck in my head the most, the haptic suit. In the novel, it's worn by characters that want to fully immerse in their virtual world. For example, a virtual slap on the back would be felt on the back of the person in the real world. This seemed like an eminently possible piece of technology, an almost obvious connection between our world and cyberspace. But it has yet to hit the mainstream in the ensuing decade. Enter today's guests, Sergei Nasov, CEO of Tesla Suit, and Andrei Paiko, who is the head of the company's research team. They've created the haptic feedback suit I've been imagining all these years, and they're taking it way beyond the limitations of the Ready Player One universe. Notably, the suit not only sends signals out to the wearer, but captures the wearer's biometric data and movements. This expands the range of uses well beyond virtual reality gaming, pushing Tesla's suit into interesting applications such as training for hazardous jobs or medical rehabilitation. Join us as EPAM's Elena Schechter, Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer, speaks with Sergey and Andre about their superhero suit, their company's ambitions, pajamas for the elderly, and Louis Vuitton yoga wear. Well, welcome. Happy to have you. Um, you. Maybe just a few words of of how we got here. So Sergey and I, we were introduced uh, by our CIO, actually, Yuri Goliad, Mm -hmm. um, right on the eve of us starting to ramp up EPAM's venture program. So today we've got a small number of companies probably about a half a dozen that we invest in, either directly or through our fund called the GoPhilly Fund. I think I've talked about it in the past. And um, the way we think about our investments and our relationships with startups is that we typically look at technology-driven companies that are in early or mid-stages. And we really focus on identifying unique technologically-driven propositions that present an opportunity for EPAM to accelerate the company either through our own product development expertise or through our ability to act as a channel and as an integrator uh, for a a large number of our portfolio customers across multiple verticals. And we're extremely excited about Tesla Suit, so much so that we're all here in this beautiful hospital of the future room uh, in our Boston studio and I'm really excited to have the conversation with you guys. So maybe we kick it off and I ask you the That'll first be great. question. Yeah. So cool name, Tesla Suit. Indeed. Very and cool. so tell us how you got to be a Tesla Suit T. So uh, my CTO who invented the concept of Tesla Suit um, thought, there's a, thought about the name. And the name came from sort of kudos to Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Tesla who effectively invented AC and all our products and our haptic uh, in our products done by electromuscular stimulation. And so um, because it's driven by electricity, that's hence the name came from Tesla suit. So in fact, 
Andre, it is an actual suit, right? Maybe yes. you can describe what this is since we're just talking here and not showing pictures. Yes, yes, precisely. So if you can uh, imagine full body suit, uh, which could uh, at the same time uh, register a lot of biometry data as well as deliver um, various of um, uh, haptic sensation and electrical muscle stimulation. So um, whenever you can imagine it, that will be Tesla suit. Mm. In fact, we think about the suit as a, a digital interface between a human world and the virtual world. And uh, we can pass the sensations and, and the, uh, data as well as all the other information with using that medium. And so was it intended to be uh, a VR experience or was it intended to be something else or, or greater than that? Well, originally, actually... The, the guy who thought of idea, uh, my CTO search course, he, <clears throat> he thought he wanted to create a suit that would um, provide uh, extra sensations during a gaming. And uh, VR was on the rise, and we were just a, already Oculus already on the scene, and we kind of expected that VR will be coming to consumer market. And he wanted to create... Um, you know, a haptic uh, experience for gamers. But what it's actually turned out to be like right now is slightly far away from it. And in fact, that market is, I would say, at the sort of further down now list than originally due to the nature of different applications. Mm. How are you thinking about the various use cases then in terms of where you are now with the suit and what it does? It's a very good question. Um, as Andre mentioned, we, the Tesla suit incorporates a, a number of technologies under the hood that work independently from each other, but also in combination with each other. And that creates a lot of use cases that we can use and utilize this product towards. Um, you know, two directions that we currently uh, taking with our product is XR training, where we use the suit as a medium to deliver sensations as well as gather biometrical data from the users during uh, um, uh, training in virtual or augmented reality. But also we use the suit as a motion capture for the motion capture where we can track people's body movements and arms and so on during that simulation. But the other use case is uh, more kind of catered toward medical use mm -hmm and healthcare use, uh, and there are a number of them, exciting ones, I think, guess we'll discuss a little bit later. Yeah, I'd like to sort of maybe parse that, because I think, you know, what we've seen just even scratching the surface is that there are a number of commercial applications, uh, but in the medical field, there are also kind of subsets of things that can be done, uh, but they all heavily rely on the capture and aggregation and processing of a lot of personal data. So how are you guys handling and how are you thinking in general about data when it comes to medical applications? Um, maybe I can uh, speak about it a bit. So first of all, as uh, uh, Sergey previously described, uh, uh, two main directions were on board, but then uh, internally we start thinking, okay, we have a high quality uh, capturing system in our hands as well as uh, potential to deliver various of electrical stimulation signals to different uh, parts of body. 
uh, why not to utilize it towards medicine and rehabilitation? So that was our question, uh, partly provoked by conversations with uh, some of our clients and uh, some of our partners. So why you are not doing it? And uh, we start thinking about it and uh, collecting um, uh, a lot of feedback from our um, newly established partnerships, medical partnerships. And uh, overall idea is that uh, as Tesla Suit as a technology, as ecosystem, allows to uh, combine all of these data and do it comprehensively and uh, analyze it, uh, like in most of cases, in real time uh, to get uh, necessary uh, feedback or adjust some sort of uh, uh, reaction uh, towards patient. Uh, we are doing some of the uh, preclinical experiments, as we call it, uh, together with our medical partners. Uh, various of application cases are uh, in our uh, heads. Uh, some of them you can think about as uh, uh, work for um, patients or people after uh, stroke uh, or spinal cord injury. And uh, Tesla suit is capable of uh, being used as uh, some of standard uh, medical devices. Uh, so far, uh, we do not have medical certification. We are working towards it, uh, and uh, our local medical partners are uh, helping with it. Uh, but uh, one of the very important points uh, when we're speaking about medicine, what differs from uh, regular uh, business like enterprise training, is that uh, making your client satisfied is not enough. You need to pass through all of the uh, stages or all of the steps uh, in a certification procedure, uh, doing a much deeper standardized uh, science, uh, publish it in peer-reviewed journals. So that's why we have a lot of uh, very close collaboration with our medical partners. So that sounds great. And the applications are just phenomenal from mm -hmm. post-surgery recovery to physical therapy to spinal cord injury to stroke. Um, I, I wonder if I could push a little bit just on this collection and handling of data when it comes to personally identifiable information and privacy and security protection. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about sort of how you're thinking about it and what <clears throat> actually happens in the background? Yeah, sure. So um, um, at, the, at this present moment, um, we don't collect um, personal data on any of our servers, and that, that is done purely between the computer and the Tesla suit connected to it or Tesla glove connected to uh, the computer on the local level. Um, any cloud-based applications that we have is mostly used to store profiles, calibrational settings, that sort of thing. Um, however, we, tr we will certainly for medical applications that will be slightly different and we will be collecting the data um, for some, I would say, big data analysis, it will be segregated into the chunks and will be followed under the certain uh, legal protocols relating to each of the regions that we deal with because each region's got its own data laws and, and data uh, um, protection uh, laws and where the data needs to be physically stored and we will certainly will be abiding by those laws and, and, and we'll be bringing those data um, uh, um, applications on, uh, with, with that in mind. Well, maybe let's turn to sort of the experience of the wearer. Um, to a question to both of you, have you tried the suit on? Oh, many yeah. times. Okay, <laughs> have you done everything there is to be done in this suit? I 
well everything when you say everything everything <laughs> most of the things i done most of the things yeah um but uh obviously i uh, as being a ceo of a company uh test uh the product on every stage on every and participate in most of the development uh, checkpoints and test every little bit of technology to making sure making sure that it's first of all does what it says on the box but also uh, keeping in mind of you know the the complication in terms of how we can develop such a you know complicated product from our point of view and making sure that all the uh, key points uh, are done, and I wanted to test them on myself. As far as medical uh, applications and and medical implications, I mean, Andre, you guys. Yeah, yeah, we we, um, I mean, being at R and D team, we test a lot uh, on our own in first hand. So I mean, it's like pre pre pilot, uh, pre pre clinical, uh, but then uh, there are uh, yeah. A bunch of testing which you perform and uh, sometimes uh, we even uh, making some sort of jokes I mean are we getting used to to it so do we need to rise uh, this uh, up margins uh, during calibration to get uh, uh, like real sensations as they should be because of being used to it but um, myself I haven't tried everything I mean honestly speaking but uh, yeah most vivid stuff I think I tried <laughs> How do you think it's different? I mean, we, we spent some time test driving it this afternoon, and um, there's the, the combination of the various techniques that are used to make it a really uh, immersive experience. How how does it feel for the wearer? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of the people who tried it today were very excited about the experience, so they were they were quite positive about this. They certainly, I, I don't think they expected. What what we kind of delivered in terms of sensations. Some sensations were quite realistic, and some weren't. They were depending on the you know on the person and how people perceive those. But they, they, they certainly it's a very very unique experience. That's for sure. Um, and when you in VR and you feel um, the sensations inside the VR, it certainly gives you a much deeper immersion into the whole sort of VR system um, and what you're doing. And that's exactly what we're trying to achieve with Tesla Suit and kind of happy about that. So we want to improve that experience and continue to improve that experience. And hence we're doing all we can in, in, in modeling the new versions and new features in our products to, to accommodate for the safe and uh, pleasant uh, customer experience. And with that, it's still very much not a consumer product yet, right? It's still very much you're thinking about it as a as a play to help other companies actually take to market some innovative solutions to a range of problems. That, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, we're thinking about consumer market in more of, you know, five to seven year um, sort of future scale where a lot of the VR adoptional technologies will come through and there will be much more VR or AR uh, users like monthly users um, and we I think we'll create model that, that certainly will be um, giving the features to the users that they would we think that they would be requiring and also the price point for the suit 
will be at the consumer level scale uh, level um, at, uh, at the moment is certainly not there at all maybe one or both of you can describe what the suit does and what it feels like to the wearer yeah maybe I can start uh, with it so uh, first of all uh, it is covered with uh, so uh, suit uh, uh, is uh, providing uh, full body uh, sensations in uh, uh, most uh, anatomically important uh, uh, regions and uh, all of these regions can be uh, stimulated uh, uh, asynchronously with various of uh, electrical parameters if they are synchronized uh, together with uh, VR picture which you see uh, with help of imagination uh, you can get like really uh, deep uh, immersion uh, obviously, if uh, if you just compare real sensation to uh, what uh, Tesla should deliver, it might be not uh, identical, hundred percent identical. Uh, but in most of cases, it's uh, I would say it's not needed because uh, it's a matter of perception. I mean, you uh, being in VR, you still can uh, feel that you are in real environment. Uh, um, nevertheless, the picture itself is uh, not uh, 4K and uh, photorealistic. Uh, so uh, the task of suit in uh, enterprise trading, for instance, or any kind of VR application, uh, to my mind, is uh, just to help you get deeper um, involved, just to start being there and forget that you are in suit, that you are in VR set, just start doing what you are doing there. And I think uh, today people, uh, when they were trying to uh, do it, uh, they, they got a rather interesting experience and uh, it started with uh, with very interesting feeling uh, and a lot of emotions just were in this suit because uh, sometimes it was like comparisons of uh, superhero uh, yeah am i a superhero yes of course <laughs> even without the suit but suit can <laughs> help you to think about it uh, but then also uh, it gives uh, this additional mm, additional perception and you actually, as I see, uh, people get, uh, they just simply uh, forget how much time do they spend in this VR. So like 25, 30 minute session goes like uh, uh, one moment and uh, uh, with a lot of uh, positive emotions. So, yeah, I think. But you spent, I mean, we did spend a fair amount of time calibrating each individual mm -hmm. person, right? Because there's not just an element of excitement and pleasure uh, you seem to be sort of operating on the other end with some stimulation that is pain of a kind. So describe that and what that is like. Sure. I mean, <clears throat> the suit uh, and our technology embedded, the haptic technology embedded in the suit based on electromuscular stimulation. And so that technology can deliver pain. Um, in fact, it can deliver a variety of different sensations from you know pleasurable sensations to painful sensations and that's what makes it quite unique from a, a haptic point of view um, because any alternative haptics that you would get on the market are mostly other vibration on or, or solenoid technology which is certainly not enough to give you a variety of different sensations with electromuscular stimulation you can get you know, really a whole variety of different sensations. And pain is one of those. And uh, in some of the uh, cases, it's actually a requirement. Uh, so for we use uh, uh, Tesla suit for a military training, for XR military training, where the soldiers would need to get immersed in virtual reality and 
go into you know shooting battles and so on and it is a requirement from that side that it feels painful when you get hit by a bullet and we'll try to replicate it you know as realistic as we can get and that can get pretty painful Hopefully not too realistic. <laughs> not too realistic. <laughs> well, too realistic would be, you know, <laughs> a hospital and uh, experience. But uh, obviously, the, there's more uh, programs now going into so this digital soldier uh, stage where a lot of the wolf, uh, warfare and a lot of the training uh, goes and, and scenarios are done in the virtual augmented reality settings for a variety of reasons. Um, to continue to improve the skills, but also it's much cheaper. You know, you don't use bullets, you don't use real weapons, you can model it all digitally, electronically, and train a vast variety of uh, armed forces to use the different types of uh, technology, or in military technology in particular. It is yeah. helpful when nobody dies. Also, Yeah, exactly. That's our preferred <laughs> model. Also, I would like to elaborate a bit on, uh, yeah, it's really time-consuming um, to calibrate, uh, but uh, uh, as uh, Sergei said, uh, pain could be delivered, and uh, that could be thin as, uh, seen as uh, like adverse effect, but also, I mean, uh, calibration is also needed for um, safety reasons. So, uh, pain, we, we want to avoid uh, any kind of uh, unsafe uh, electrical signals being delivered to any part of the body. Uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, from hardware perspective, uh, we are thinking about safety that uh, uh, no currency going through heart or any kind of internal uh, organs. Uh, still, we want to avoid this uh, uh, over-exaggerating electrical signals uh, being delivered to any part of the body. So that's why um, first time being in the suit uh, you have to uh, perform very thorough calibration it could be uh, speed up a bit when you do it second time third time and uh, your profile no, you, it, it, the system remembers very yes, right yes. Right? so once once the person gets calibrated it, it is a little it takes a bit of a time and and you can do it as granular as you want to or less granular but if you do it right, the system will remember the parameters, and next time the wear is yeah. just puts you on do it and much faster. So, yeah. but uh, that is a, a totally individual procedure because uh, we are different, and, uh, and the pain levels are very individual. Pain, yes, yes, are very individual. <laughs> so that's why it's needed, uh, and uh, there is no way to overpass it anyhow. Well, it's good. It's encouraging. I want to come back to sort of the business model because we talked about the fact that it's not today a consumer product. Mm -hmm. um, what is the business model and how are you thinking about it in the future? Well, so in terms of, uh, um, you know, what we sell at the moment and we, we sell to, on the market, to the market, we sell the uh, development model for Tesla suit, so the developers can effectively incorporate the this technology in their solution, and so we could scale it up <coughs> much higher. Uh, and so the business model at the moment is a, effectively a hardware sales model that we're hoping to uh, integrate into the mixed model, where we add software component into this, and we start mixing a hardware and a software models, but the it's, it's really hardware-driven from our perspective, and the uniqueness of a product uh, allows us to, to explore that route and adds a lot of software components once we get 
once the people start using our products on the hardware level. And we think it's the sort of right approach. In, in terms of where we sell and, and our target markets in, a, in that business model, as I mentioned, we, you know, we, we do deal with a lot um, with XR training, which is upcoming and actually fast-growing market. And most of our clients, is, as you pointed out, are B2G uh, government services or B2B enterprise training services. And that, that's we see a lot of traction in that market. But also academic market is a big one for us. We're really excited. I, I mean, I see your technology today, even without what I'm certain are going to be radical improvements as a real platform, uh, really connecting the physical and the digital experience for people. Um, it's so, I think for, for, for us, what's interesting is the ability for us to partner effectively mm-hmm. as really an integrator, as a, a partner who can imagine and deliver next generation experiences who can actually advise and actually execute in the field. Um, and I know that you've started a number of these types of partnerships already, mm-hmm. one of which is in the medical field with uh, the Hospital for Special Surgery, uh, or HSS. Can you talk about that partnership and what it entails and what your plans are? Sure. Andre, do you want to? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, effectively, uh, uh, LS this year, we uh, have signed a research agreement uh, um, um, together with uh, um, hospital special surgery, and uh, we have uh, rather uh, long-lasting plans uh, with uh, main idea to first um, check uh, our capabilities uh, of uh, all our systems, like uh, motion capture and uh, myography, uh, as uh, from point of medical device. Uh, and then, uh, based on the result of this uh, phase, uh, pick a couple of uh, interesting cases for both parties and uh, develop a common product, uh, which uh, going to be used in uh, medical field. Uh, and uh, like final aim is to get uh, FDA approval and uh, yeah, have some uh, add up value uh, altogether to it. Uh, this is like uh, briefly what we are going to, uh, to do together. But, uh, but just just to add, sorry to interrupt you. Just to add, the focus of our partnership with HSS, uh, you know, f- uh, is to create a product to allow the patients to uh, treat it remotely as well as be diagnosed remotely. And so this the, the shift towards uh, remote diagnostic, remote diagnostics and remote rehabilitation is a key for our partnership with them, and it's resolving some of the bottleneck issues that they have with their clients um, in, in, in terms of providing dynamic, real-time diagnostics. Yeah, um, just a small uh, add-up point. Uh, uh, HSS, uh, they're experts in uh, orthopedics, so we're uh, in first-hand uh, uh, speaking about uh, our orthopedic di- uh, direction for so remote uh, uh, early post-operative periods and uh, uh, remote rehabilitation for those group of patients in percent. Perfect. Well, maybe just touching on um, really the elements of the scope of the technology today and where you see it going in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. 
we spent some time today talking about how fast the field in XR is moving and in medical diagnostics is moving. Uh, and not to put you down on, on, on paper or in this case on podcast, but what do you see happening uh, in the next year or two with the evolution of the technology landscape and how do you think it's going to affect your business model? Well, the the growth in technology and the way we can scale and and uh, do a various um, uh, SQs of a product, so different variations of a product, are phenomenal. And we can use the technology for various uh, use cases, and each use case is effectively a large channel uh, a channel for specific product uh, that we can mold out of our product out of technologies together. And, and it can go really different directions. I mean, within the next five years, we're seeing progressing in the medical field uh, quite extensively in the various applica- for various applications. But in the longer term, we can really use the technology and utilize this technology for consumer market. And when we look at the consumer market, it doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about the gamers and fitness and well-being and yogas for which the product can be very well catered for. Louboutin yoga clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but we're also looking at, in the, in utilizing the technology in the things like, for example, I know pajamas for older people that can take biometric parameters and prevent, you know, heart attacks during a sleep. Um, we can look at the direction where we can use the technology to utilize in industrial PPE use for industrial clothing and adding elements of our technology to that industry. I mean, generally looking at deep tech smart wearables is sort of our sector where we want to expand, we want to grow, and we want to be a market leader, the world leader in that segment. And there are like a lot of the sub-technological products that can come out of this um, stack of technologies. It's very exciting. Deep tech is in. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And we are very excited. I wasn't actually kidding about Louis Vuitton yoga wear. I think we work with a lot of retailers who would absolutely love to brand your black superhero suits. Yes. <laughs> uh, we were thinking about that. You know, we can thinking about even going to just to like potentially creating a brand that could be creating a comfortable, smart clothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got the name for it. We, yeah, the name is perfect. <laughs> we like the name. All right. Well, I think this uh, maybe is a good part one for what I hope to be is a series. We come back in a little while and hopefully we'll have some proof to show and to share with people about all the wonderful things we're doing together. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. And so do we. And so do we. It's uh, our pleasure being here. Yeah. yeah, It's really a pleasure. Thank you. EPAM Continuum integrates business experience at technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. At EPAM Continuum, we're very deliberate about the term innovation. For us, it means turning ideas into stuff that's real. Because from our perspective, ideas aren't really innovative until they exist. Thanks are due to our guests Andre Paiko and Sergei Nosov for a sensational interview. They were interviewed by EPAM's Elena Schechter. Ken Gordon is our producer. Kip Palalis is our sound engineer. And I'm your host, Kenji Ross. Until the next one. Thank you.